You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Joshua today, so you go ahead and go to Joshua 1, and um, we're going to go verse by verse, chapters 1 through 10. I'm just kidding. Are y'all awake? (laughs) (laughs) There are a few people that got that, and a few people was like, I didn't hear what she said. It does not compute. We are going to go through 10, but we're just going to hit some highlights here, because I do want to talk about the divine direction, and last week I talked about divine interruptions, and afterwards, Pastor Gina and I were talking about a little bit. And he goes, what does that look like? You know, what are you seeing as far as what that looks like? And I said, I don't really know. But as we were talking, you know, I told him, I said, remember in 2000, early 2000s through about 2015, remember every time you turned around, there was gold dust, there were feathers, there was oil on hands, there was just all of these signs and wonders that were happening around us, what's going to be greater than that? It's not going to be the same. I don't think we're going to see gold dust. And remember, there were jewels even yeah, falling right. and, and that type of thing. But, I, but it's going to be greater than that. It's just this manifestation of God's presence that to show us he's here. And, you know, he didn't give us gold dust. There wasn't like... I could take that gold dust to the bank, right? How many of you saw the gold dust, the oils, the feathers, all those different things? Uh, We had it a lot here. Uh, When we first started the gathering, right before we opened early in the year, we went in January of 2012, we went to Bethel. And we had seen gold dust. We had experienced it. um, And um, we went to Bethel. And while we were there, we were there last night. They were worshiping. And it began to fill the the ceiling. And it floated, it went upward, not downward. It didn't fall down, it went up. And it went, it wasn't the whole ceiling, it would move to different places in the in the building. And their building was probably, I think it holds three or four thousand people, so it wasn't a small building. And Bill Johnson got up and said, you know, he said, We have cleaned the ducks. We, you know, we had all the all the whole building, inside out, ducks, ceilings, everything cleaned. And, and God still manifest. He said, and you know, after I had everything cleaned, then, I, then it started showing up at my house. And finally I was like, okay, God, I relent. You know, whatever you want to do, whether we understand it or not, that's, that's where we're going to lean into. And that's what I feel like now. We're just relenting into whatever God wants to do. We may not be able to understand it. We may not even be able to say, gold dust equals this. Because no one's been able to say that. Gold dust has just been the goodness of God on his people. The feathers are just, yeah, the goodness of God on his people. I mean, there was no no explanation for it other than the manifestation of God in a way that we did not understand. The oil running off our hands, and we even have a picture of one of the revival nights we had. The oil just kept running off of one finger 
off of one of the people here. It just kept dripping, and then as soon as the service was over, it stopped. Why? I don't know. But God is God, and he is sovereign, and he is allowed to do what he wants to do. Um, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> He's like, I don't need your permission to show up. I don't need your permission. I can show up where I want to. So anyhow, I just wanted to throw that out to you because I, I, Gina and I were talking about it a little bit. So we're going to talk about Joshua. And what I want to really focus in is on divine direction. And it's interesting because as we read Joshua, and we'll just read a little bit of it, let's read, start with verses 1, and we'll read through 3. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, to the children of Israel. Every place, I want you to hear this. When you arise, that usually means you're going somewhere. Most people don't pay attention to their watch that says, stand up now. When you arise, it usually means you're going somewhere. So it says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. As I've said to Moses, from the wilderness Oh, I'm going to stop there. We don't need to go on to that. Okay. So I want us to talk about divine direction because we live in divine direction because the divine Holy Spirit lives in us. So we don't have to concern ourselves with where we're going because everywhere we step, we take the territory for the Lord. It doesn't mean that God isn't going to move us somewhere and we need to seek his direction of, of the next step. But we live in a state of divine direction because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And the word says everywhere we step, everywhere we put the sole of our foot, it is ours. So where we go, we carry the presence of the Lord with us, which we have talked about. And everywhere we step, we step with the presence of the Lord in us. So when we think about it in the big picture of things, we live in a state of knowing whether we know fully or not. Because the word of the Lord says that he is with us, he dwells within us. Everywhere we go, he's guided us, he goes before us, he goes behind us. So we live in a in a in a in a sense of always being in divine step with God because he is in us. And because it is what the word says. And that's what one of the things we have to grab a hold of is the promises of the word is for us now. So the promises are for us now. So when God says, arise and go, that means that we're moving in his direction, whether we understand what we're doing or not. The Logos word, the written word, is divine direction. If you don't know where you're going, 
You go to the word and it will direct you. Somebody's got to say amen. amen. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I got to have somebody agree with me on that because it is true. You know, we, we're, God is working to reverse our thought process. We aren't lost people looking for direction. We are spirit-filled people moving in the direction of God. We are not lost. We are not confused. We are not uncertain. We are standing in the presence of the Most High God who lives in us. Thank you, Lord. That's right. So when we think about I feel like we've got to shake off what we've been trained and step into who we live in. Okay, we're going to let that go for a minute. I may have to go back to this. I, just, I feel like this is a, an important word for us. Verse, verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I want, think about that. No man will be able to stay before you all the day, stand before you all the days of your life. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for this people. You shall divide as an inheritance, the land, which I've sworn to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you will observe to do according to all. All, not some, not the first five or the last three, all which Moses, my servant, commanded you to do. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So we, so here is the principle of the Lord. The principle of the Lord is that if we're obedient to everything, all he's called us to do, then we will prosper wherever we go. We will prosper wherever we go. That is divine direction. That doesn't take a rhema word from heaven. That is the word of the Lord. If we will follow him, we will prosper in everywhere we go, whether it looks like we're going to prosper or not. And we know that as we go through the story of Joshua, there will be times where it didn't look like it was going to be a win for him. But it didn't matter what it looked like. It only mattered what the Lord said. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It only matters what God says. It only matters what his word says. It only matters what he's spoken to us. That's what matters. Because we know that right in front of us can look like a head-on collision. But the Lord said it's not. And that's where we have to stand. We have to stand on what the Lord says. So let's go over to uh, chapter 2, verse 8. And I just want to touch on a few of these things. There's a couple of points that I, I feel like we should take a look at. Verse 8, we're talking about um, Jericho. And we're talking about they've sent out the spies to take a look at the land. They're getting ready to cross over. They've done a preview. And this is verse 8. And Rahab's talking. It says, now, before they lay down, she came to them on the roof and they said, and she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. Now, remember the scripture I shared earlier, John 10, 10, 
the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy, but the Lord's come to give abundant life. So the terror of what the, what the Lord's about to do to the enemy's plan has fallen on those who follow the enemy. And they see us as the terror. We make their hearts tremble. We, we cause them to be afraid because the Lord is moving on the behalf of his people. And everyone's given an opportunity to turn to the Lord, just like you were sharing earlier, to turn to the Lord. But we who carry the presence of the Lord, who carry the plan of the Lord, we create terror around us. We are not terrified of the enemy's plan. The Lord told me, and I couldn't find the exact words, but it's probably been a couple of years ago. He, he was like, uh, I couldn't find it exactly, but it says, why do we respond to what the enemy's doing as if he doesn't exist, as if God doesn't exist? Why are we more impressed and afraid of what the enemy's doing instead of more strong and courageous because God will circumvent the enemy's plan against us? You know, we cannot be terrified by the enemy by night because it says God never sleeps. God is always battling for us. So we can't look at what's going on around us and be terrified that the enemy's going to win because the word of the Lord says he won't. He will never win. Jesus will always be the victor. There may be little battles here and there where he gets the upper hand, but he will never overcome the people of God because that's what the word says. I don't need a rhema word to understand that because the word of God says that. So all I do is find, okay, let me find that verse that I need today in order to walk by faith, not by sight. God is good to us. That God is good to us. I put that scripture up earlier, and we're not going to read this whole section, but it says we're going on a path we've never been before. We're going down a road that we've never traveled. But we don't have to worry about it because in, in the scripture, it's actually talking about the ark going before them, and then they follow behind. And listen to us. We have the ark living within us. So there's a oneness, there's a synchronicity in us that we're not looking for God because God is here. We're not searching for him because we have the living, breathing God, not only living in us, but we carried in his word and he talks to us. I always tell people, God will talk your head off if you give him some time. He is a very verbose God. He talks all the time. He's just looking for someone who wants to sit down and have a conversation because he is, he is chatty. He, God is chatty. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. I want to move over to the section where we talk about actually taking Jericho because I found this so interesting as I, oh, let me stop at one, one. After they crossed over the Jordan, you know, it said, God says he, he's going to do a wonder. He's going to do a wonder before you. And uh, let's go ahead and go to that. Uh, Joshua 3, 4 through 5. 
And he's talking about, you know, crossing over and he's talking about the ark going first. It said, yes, yet there will be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. How many wonders have we seen? If you think about just in the last week in your life, just listen to the testimonies just in the last two weeks, you know, think about God is always doing wonders on our behalf. And I want to spend just a minute here because I want us to learn to live out of the victories and not out of the defeats. You know, the, the, uh, Joshua had, once they crossed over, he had them put down memorial stones to remind them. They took a moment to celebrate. And so many times we're busy in our lives and we don't take that moment to celebrate. We're on to the next thing. And I want to encourage us to do memory stones, memorial stones, write them down, make a note of it. This is a victory on my calendar, you know, October 25th. This is a victory that happened, you know, October 27th, whatever it is, keep a memorial because what happens when the enemy starts coming after you, when, when sickness delays you, when, you know, uh, you didn't get the increase you thought you were going to get, when you made a mistake that you're just beating yourself up over that's where the enemy wants us to live he wants us to have these mind churning internal conversations about what didn't work what didn't work and I've actually been working with quite a few of my clients on this specific thing because there's been this uh, I don't know if it's a thing happening but this digging up the past you know, staying somewhere where there was a loss or even a defeat or uh, a mistake that was made and digging that up over and over and over again. And I always tell them, go back to your last victory and start living out of victory. Start living out of what God has done. Start living out of your last success or, uh, you know, whatever that is that you feel like you made a mark and live from victory to victory because when we make mistakes when we mess stuff up we learn from that we're not called to live out of this and you know joshua made a mistake he makes this covenant with the gibeonites and it says in the word that they did not consult the lord that's what it says and they just take given nights at face value that they've come from a far land and they're destitute and they have nothing. And once the covenant is made, then it's revealed who they really are. And that covenant with the given nights said that we will defend you, that you will be part of us and whatever comes against you, we will defend you. And so what happens? Soon as the covenant's made, here comes um, the enemy against them. And the Gibeonites go to Joshua and say, the covenant says, you have to defend us. Now, God didn't tell them, well, you made a mistake. You didn't consult me, so that's it. The word that I gave you, be strong, be courageous, I'll always be with you no matter where your foot steps, you'll, you'll own that territory. You know, he didn't say, forget all that. God said, let's get them. He said, I will not let them destroy you. 
He said, be strong and courageous. He reminds Joshua what he had told him originally. Be strong and courageous because we will defeat them. So we, we, I want us to learn to live out of our victories. We go from victory to victory and we learn from our mistakes. We learn from our losses, but we live out of our victories. So I just skipped through half that, half that message. But uh, let me just go on. I want to talk about the destruction of, of Jericho now that we've talked about the memorial stones. I really want to encourage you guys to keep up with your victories. Keep up with your wins because that's what builds faith. That's what gives us the strength and the courage to go on. Because when we look back and remember, and it says that generation from generation will be able to be remembered here. So let's talk about this Jericho thing. We all know the story of Jericho. You know, they were given the order to uh, march, advance around Jericho. And this is going to be in chapter 6. And they're supposed to go around Jericho. But the thing that stood out for me that I really hadn't thought about before was in verse 10. And it says, now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your mouth, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. And I did some research on that. I was reading some of the commentaries thinking, well, that's interesting. Were they trying to be quiet? Well, if they've got tens of thousands of people marching around Jericho, that's probably not a quiet issue because somebody noticed they were there. And I did some research on it, and he and it said in the um, in the uh, Hebrew commentary that that it was so there would be no doubt, no murmuring because they were known for their murmuring, no uh, loss of faith, you know, that would create uh, an issue among all the people. They had to be quiet, so they didn't. Uh, interfere with what the Lord was trying to do. Isn't that interesting? They didn't want it to come out of their mouth. Now, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes there's things that come out of my mouth in conversation, trying to think through all of this, that I'm sure the Lord's just like, shut up. You know, you, you can just be quiet because that does not add value to anything you and I are doing, right? And when we think about what they were called to do, because the Lord kept telling them, wherever you go, you're going to be covered. He told them, he said, whatever I call you to do, you're going to have victory in it. Wherever you step, you're going to win. You know, so the Lord has already, he has already told them what is to come. He said, you're taking everything. You'll be victorious in everything you do. I'm with you always. Be strong and courageous. No big deal. Right? No big deal. Just get all the people lined up and march around seven times. Make them all be quiet. You know, the people thing's a whole different issue, right? Can you, you're just trying to get your kids to be quiet. But when you think about this, there was just such a solemn holiness and respect of not only Joshua as their leader, 
but the commandments that came out of his mouth. Because he had been raised up by Moses to take them to a place they'd never been before. And that place wasn't won by someone just walking and turning over the keys to Jericho. It wasn't won by them defeating Ah. It wasn't won by just a full surrender. It was won by battle. And it was won by the Lord going before them and supernaturally throwing hailstones at them. Or when the trumpet sounded, the walls falling. It was this, this, this tension between holiness, between obedience, between presence and action and honoring Joshua as their leader. And all of that was the divine direction. It wasn't just one thing. It was one thing that built on the other thing that built on the other thing that God came back and reminded him of the one thing, be strong and courageous, that encouraged him to do the fourth thing. You know, it was just this series of things, even in the midst of a mistake, even in the midst of not consulting God before they made a pact with someone that they would have to protect, they would have to feed. They would have to take care of. And it says Gibeon was a huge city. That's the reason the others wanted to attack them, because they were afraid of their pact with Israel. They were afraid of it because they were so big and strong already. Isn't it interesting that they decided they needed a pact with Joshua when they were already a strong city? But it was because the fear of the Lord had infused their land. That's what we declare, God, that the fear of the Lord will infuse our land so that people will be running to make a pack with the Lord himself and making this bigger body of Christ to go forward. But he told them all to be quiet. He told them all to be quiet. Okay, I'm going to end this, but I want to end it with this um, whole thing about the sun standing still because I love that, that whole section about their battle. And what I love is the way God, uh, we'll go in verse chapter 10, verse 1, uh, the way God does things that we never expect, we never imagine, we can't even project what he's going to do other than he said, I'm going to defend you, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to protect you. And how that all turns out, we can't figure out. He just does it, and then we're like, oh, so this was that that you had spoken to me earlier. Verse, uh, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem. Now remember, this is the king of Jerusalem, but this is not the Jerusalem we know because the territory had not been taken yet. So that had not happened. We know that the first king did not happen till King Saul. So this was an enemy king. So I just want to make sure we understood that. How, um, 
heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it. And he had done to, and he had done to Jericho and its king. So had he had done to Ai and its king and how the inhibit inhabitants of Gibeon made peace with Israel and were among them. They were, they, oh, excuse me, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a very great city. Verse seven. So Joshua ascended to Gilgad, and he and all his people of war with him, and all of the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, "Do not fear them." So the Lord said, "Don't even, don't even blink an eye. Don't even blink an eye. Not a man of them shall stand before you." Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them. Not only did he, he routed them, he killed them, not enough descriptives in here, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Haran and struck them down. So, so God just went before them and did all these things. He said, you won't even have to face them. I want you to think about that next time you have something that you feel like is an enormous battle in front of you. I want you to remember the Lord will rout them. He will destroy it. He will not make you face it. You lean into the Lord and let him fight the battle for you. We've gone over that several times and we've read Jehoshaphat. We've read uh, Hezekiah. The Lord will fight your battle for you. We stand in obedience. And as we stand, he goes, he goes. That is so good, isn't it? <laughs> so they're, they're doing all this. Um, then verse 12 says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered. So the Lord's delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said to them in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon. Now think about that. Think about the sun standing still for a whole day. What, what does that do? Uh, verse 13, it says, So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Now think about what that does. When the sun stands still and the moon stops, when you even think about it atmospherically, when you think about it, you know, how the, 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 the earth is on rotation, when you think about all of those scientific things, how God set the earth to work, the sun to move, the moon to rise. And it was just this divine signature that God showed his people that didn't require anything. But God and his people's yes, his people's willingness to do what he called them to do. Joshua did not get a pre-written manuscript of how it was going to work when, we came, when he went into war. He didn't get one when he took over for Moses. He got one day by day, hour by hour, even moment by moment, that kept him in the divine direction that God had for him and the people he led for the nation of Israel 
And that's what we all have. We have the divine direction every moment, every second, every day, every week that we need in order to keep us moving forward where God has for us. We have it. Everything we need, we have. And what we don't know, he'll give us. But he may not give it till a second before we need it. I called, uh, I sent Matt and Gina text this morning. I said, there's going to be a prophetic release. Gear up. They're like, okay. Because I knew that God had a word through them, through each one of them. But I knew it when I woke up this morning. I didn't know it three days ago to give them three or four days to think and pray about it. I knew it when I woke up this morning. You know, there is no time sensitive for God when he gives us direction. He's like, you got it when you need it. Just use it when I give it to you, and it'll all work out great, right? And even if you make a mistake, that doesn't change the words that I've given you. We'll just kind of reallocate the time. We'll get everything worked out. His battle for the Gideonites was not his battle, but because of the direction they went, it ended up being his battle. God's like, that's no problem. I've got that. Whatever enemy comes against you, I've got it. Whatever attack is coming against you, I've got that. Whatever's trying to delay you, I've got that. It will not delay you. Whatever's trying to steal your finances, I've got that. It's not going to work. Whatever doesn't align with my word, I've got. So you align with my word, and I've got you. And that's really, that was really Joshua's, Joshua's divine direction. He just followed whatever God said, even in the missteps. And for me, that's one of the most reassuring things, because a lot of times we read the people of Scripture and we think, oh, well, they were that. Well, that's what God says about us. You're that. You're all that in 2020. You are what they were back then. So there's no difference between them. It's just different assignment, different timing, different eras, different generations. But I'm still here. You be strong and courageous. You follow me. And the divine direction will never leave you. Amen? Okay. I think that's it for today. God is good, isn't he? You know what I love about him? Is our uh, inability to grasp or to catch on or whatever it is for that day does not face him at all because he can be a repetitive God. He just says it over and over till we're finally like, okay, I think I finally got it. Right. Right. Let's stand. Let's pray. God is good. If you get a chance to read through Joshua one through 10 over the next few weeks or a few months, I, I would encourage you to do that because, um, Joshua was so yielded to what God wanted and, he did not have the easiest task ahead of him because he was the conqueror of all the lands so that Israel could be what, he, what it was. So, Father, I just thank you that uh, you've given us the ability to be strong and courageous. We don't have to muster that up, that, that the spirit of your living uh, life is in us, and so it is already in us. We just tap into what we already have. So thank you that when you tell us something, you've already given us the ability to do what you've told us. 
So, Lord, we just, uh, I just want to release strength and courage. Lord, I just uh, command whatever the enemy is trying to do to throw us off balance, that it will be revealed like the John 10, 10, and that the reverse will happen. We will receive the abundance that you have planned for us, Jesus. And God, we just thank you that when we ask, you give to us. When we seek you, we find you. And even when we take a misstep to the right or the left, you gather our, our steps back and you move us on in the right direction. So God, we thank you for your word that is our divine direction. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling in us. You are our divine direction. We thank you for speaking to us, Jesus, from heaven. It is our divine direction. Your words are, God, we have more than enough to accomplish everything before us. So, Jesus, we just thank you, and we just declare that we are holy people unto you. We declare that we're fully committed to serving your word, to meditating on your word and following your direction. And we thank you, Lord, for the sensitivity of knowing when you're speaking to us and the body life around us that encourages us and even gives us those words like today that just uh, resonate with us. So, God, we thank you that we have a full package. There's nothing missing. There's nothing missing. And we just praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.